I'm going to show you my exact roadmap to making generational wealth in crypto over the next 12 to 24 months. The road is not going to be easy, but I believe if you stick to the principles that I'm about to outline in this video, you'll be in a great position to benefit from the growth of crypto in the coming years. So before I tell you exactly what my plan is, firstly, I want to discuss where we currently sit as a market, because in order for us to succeed in this market, we need to know exactly what the market dynamics are and how they're going to evolve over the next six months to one year. And of course, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but there is past historic data that can help guide us on our journey to make ourselves more profitable investors. So the first thing I want to discuss is whether this time is different from this time in previous cycles, because you hear a lot of talk on Twitter and in social circles that 2021 was the last bull run. And now we're in a completely new paradigm because of quantitative tightening and we're not in an easing environment. And that means that the industry won't experience these four-year cycles again. I do hear this quite a lot and I think there are valid points for and against, but let's just kind of look at where we currently sit. Bitcoin dominance is rising. Alts are getting absolutely smashed. If you look in front of you, you can see that VC funding is diminishing. So the amount of money coming into the crypto ecosystem is less and less. Good news is having no impact on prices. We had a massive win in the Ripple case, XRP pumped, and then it sold right after the news. We saw Grayscale win, a pretty monumental case against the SEC. And then just weeks later, I mean, the price essentially reversed and we had this week, but price ended up coming right back down after the event. So good news is having no impact on prices and bad news, liquidation fears, supply overhang. That's having a really bad effect on prices. So is this normal? Do we typically experience this at this point in the cycle? The answer is absolutely yes. Although these things are super scary at face value, this is very typical market behavior for this point in the crypto cycle. You can see the previous cycle, 2019, the exact same thing happened. We had that major drawdown towards the end of the year. And yes, we had the blimp. And yes, we had that flash crash in 2020. But 2019, by and large, was a sideways year where price, although it chopped in a range and ended up eventually going down, was pretty much just moving in a pretty boring range. And, it, and all coins were bleeding against Bitcoin during that period. And this is where time capitulation really starts to set in. So if there's anything worse than price capitulation, which is price crashing, it's actually time capitulation, which is where the market maintains this boring slash neutral state for an extended period of time, because that's when investors really start to get hit. That's when their confidence takes a knock. That's when people get bored. They feel apathetic for the market. So for that reason, most retail participants have opted out of the crypto market. They're either out of cash or just completely feeling apathetic towards the market. So this is why I believe we're currently in the most difficult period for crypto that's undeniable. Yet, it's a pretty normal period for crypto historically to go through these ranges where price just moves sideways. Take a look at the chart in front of you, for example. We saw 51 weeks of decline from the 2018 peak, followed by 96 weeks worth of sideways action. The same thing happened during 2022. We had 51 weeks of decline. It looks like we've put in a bottom. And now now we're in this period, which is going sideways. And if we line it up to 2019, we are around halfway through this period. 
So there's a lot more time capitulation to come if we want to look at the 2019 cycle. And yes, every single cycle is going to be different. I don't like using exact data points in order to substantiate a thesis. But if we can take one thing away from this, it's that we're in the hardest period for crypto right now. Stable coins are exiting the crypto market en masse, which means overall the industry is shrinking. We're seeing active crypto developers shrink. So even they're capitulating off the back of funding. We're seeing active addresses and transactions go down across the board. Google trends for Bitcoin and crypto are now starting to flatline because retail is genuinely checking out of the market. They are bored. You may be tempted to check out of the market as well. There's probably a lot of our subscribers, you know, we have 650k, but a lot of them aren't active right now and aren't watching the videos. Look at the view account of this video. How many views does it have? 4,000, 5,000, maybe 10,000 on a good day. That's significantly less than 650. It's because people are bored and they've checked out. But this is actually historically the worst time to do so. As much as you want to check out, as much as this feels like the right thing to do, everything's boring, it's not worth being in crypto right now, it's actually a very important phase. This is a pivotal accumulation phase and historically a very, very bad time to check out of crypto. So the question now becomes, if it is such an important phase, how do we approach this phase? What's the roadmap to succeeding during this phase? Well, In order to understand how to succeed during this phase, the first thing you have to do is accept the realities of the market. The first reality is that cycle to cycle, Bitcoin tends to lead the early stages of a bull run. So that's the first acceptance we have to make. That Bitcoin dominance, although it's been going up and up and up, is unlikely to significantly pivot into some sort of alt season anytime soon. And in fact, could continue to outperform altcoins for a significant period of time. You can see here the Bitcoin price performance around each halving. You can see that we're currently in this sideways period where I said the market gets apathetic. That's typically followed by a significant uptick in price. Bitcoin tends to lead this uptick. As you can see, this is Bitcoin price performance as it typically leads cycle to cycle. And this is because the market phases prioritize Bitcoin and Ethereum before the other large caps. And there's also many Bitcoin-specific catalysts at the moment, like the Bitcoin halving and the Bitcoin spot ETF, which are Bitcoin-specific. For that reason, I think Bitcoin has the strongest narrative in the market right now. It is stronger than altcoins. Does that mean I'm not investing in altcoins? No, uh, I am. And I'll get into how I'm doing so in a second. But you do have to accept that Bitcoin can definitely lead for a substantial period of time. And this is okay. It's good for the market. In order to get an eventual alt season, in order to eventually get liquidity flowing into other sectors of crypto, you need a healthy Bitcoin and you need a highly capitalized Bitcoin. So you need inflows coming into the Bitcoin ecosystem. And although this chart has become kind of a meme in recent times, anytime we get a small Bitcoin pump, people point to it. I've been guilty of this at times. This is really a macro cycle chart. This phase one can last for a year and phase two might last for six months and phase three and four might last for three to four months. These are over large timeframes. You don't really see the mini cycles fully play out into this phase because people will front run uh, by speculating on low caps. That's what we saw earlier in the year with the Pepe run. This path to alt season graphic actually makes a lot of sense if you consider the macro picture of crypto and where we currently sit. So, Because of this, and because of the fact that many of the current market catalysts are Bitcoin specific, investing solely in alts, now depending on your risk tolerance and financial situation, probably isn't advisable for most people. So what I prefer to do is employ a top-down approach to the market. So this is essentially starting with the pillars like Bitcoin and ETH and working my way down the risk spectrum whilst prioritizing quality first. 
Now isn't the time to blindly ape into low quality assets. You can get away with that in the peak of bull mania. You can't get away with that in a bear market. You can't try and catch a, a falling knife and assume that low quality assets are necessarily going to survive because they may not next cycle and we don't necessarily know what the top narratives are going to be next cycle. So you've got to start with the pillars. For me, that's Bitcoin ETH. And then once I'm capitalizing those assets, I make my way down the list, keeping in mind that there's no rush right now. If you're going to remember any line from this video, it's that when you're trying to make money, act slowly. When you're trying to preserve money, act quickly. Most people do the opposite of this, but cash is still king during this phase. Protecting capital, that is a priority. You do that quickly. Making money, it's a priority, but you do that slowly because you can't make money without having a strong capital base. Capital preservation oftentimes can be more profitable than capital growth. Now, that may sound counterintuitive at first, but not getting wrecked is half of the game here. If you can just survive and stay in the game, that's half of the battle. And if you get wrecked on a trade, it doesn't matter how great your next trade is. If you don't have as much capital to begin with, you're not going to be able to multiply or amplify in that next trade. So that's why right now it's really important to prioritize quality and accept that during this phase, cash is still king. Now, many of next cycle's top performers likely aren't even released yet. If you look at the historic graph from November 2018, you'll notice the top 50 is vastly different. Half of these coins I've never heard of, like Lisk, like... QTUM, Bitcoin, Nano, Status, Komodo. I mean, some of these are still around, but they're not top 50 coins anymore, right? A lot of them have faded into oblivion and even the top 10, although you still do have some in here. Bitcoin Cash isn't, Stellar isn't, EOS isn't. The market shifts every single cycle. So having cash and maintaining ample amounts of liquidity and dry powder means you can get into the new projects and the new narratives of next cycle. That's so, so important, and I think should be a major takeaway of today's video. And when the market does start to turn, and when you start to identify trends, that is when you can start to pull the trigger on a lot of alts. Now, I do DCA during to altcoins during this period, because I do believe we're in a macro accumulation phase, but I'm prioritizing quality. Remember that top-down approach. Bitcoin, ETH, quality alts. Quality doesn't necessarily mean large cap. I don't necessarily mean majors in the top 10. It can be a low cap, but you have to have some sort of measure on whether it's a quality asset or not. And there's a variety of things that constitute this that I talk about in my research shows, like tokenomics, like the strength of the team, like their vision, like their roadmap, like the problem they're trying to solve, like their partnerships, etc. And all that information will comprise whether I think a project is quality or not. And after I've determined whether a project is quality or not, then it comes to how to actually buy that project. For most people, the best thing to do is really just not even try and trade it and just DCA in over a large period of time and, and kind of sit on your hands because that prevents you from doing anything stupid, right? A lot of people get too aggressive when the market's going up and they get too bearish when, when the market's going down and that impedes their ability to make sustained profits over the long term. So DCAing slowly over time uh, uh, enables you to maintain a strong weighted average cost into an asset over a, a period of time, but using that top-down approach as I discussed before. And once I've determined I want to buy an asset, there are things that I can stack on to the basic strategy of DCAing to give me an edge in terms of entering those positions. One of them is TA. Using TA for entries and exits is a good idea. If you're in a macro accumulation range, there's nothing wrong and I actually think in most cases it's advisable on major psychological support, which will show itself in the form of horizontal support, adding more on those areas 
and taking profits on areas of resistance. That's a smart thing to do, in my opinion. So DCAing doesn't necessarily mean repeat buying. There's a misconception in the market that it means DCAing has to be, you know, linear. It can be adaptive. Some months when Bitcoin is at crucial support, I will DCA more. Some months I'll DCA less if I think we're into resistance, I may even take profits. The whole point of DCAing is getting your weighted average down over time. How you get there really depends on you and how good you are at trading. If you're really bad at trading, you probably just want to set up an automatic investment that just takes a percentage of your salary and invests it every single month. Simple. If you're a little better at trading and you think you've got a bit of an edge, which some of you may, I mean, you watch crypto videos every day, then it may be worth starting to add these little tweaks in terms of doing a bit of active trading. As long as you're segregating um, your mindset when it comes to active trading and, and DCAing and holding long term. So when I'm stacking on to my DCAs, I will use different strategies, for example, on-chain analysis to get a good idea as to whether momentum for a coin is bullish or bearish. And one thing I do is I go onto Kyber AI and I can search up specific tokens to find out what their Kyber scores are. This will give me an indicator as to whether they're trending in bullish or bearish direction. And you can get exact data, which shows you for the last three days where that token's momentum is trending. Now, th- now this may be slightly better for short-term traders, but it's also a valuable tool for long-term trading as well because it can help you get better entries and exits. So all this information does add up. Now, Kyber AI, who are also a partner of the channel, just added a bunch of improvements to their platform, which, which by the way, crypto bounty users get early access to via the link in the description. So they've added a bunch of things like Kyber Score Delta, which is a new ranking list that allows users to spot tokens transitioning for bullish to bearish and vice versa in terms of their momentum. They've added multiple custom watch lists. This is amazing. So now you'll be able to create different categories with watch lists. So you can add all your favorite GameFi projects, all your favorite HODL projects, all your favorite meme coins if you want. And you can kind of see how they're going. So it's something that you could essentially just wake up every single morning and monitor how your tokens are performing, not in terms of price. Well, you can look at price, but actually in terms of an aggregated AI metric that's based on on on-chain data, which is going to give you more of an insight as to how that token is actually shifting in terms of momentum. You can't always see that with price because it doesn't take into account the amount of buys, the centralized inflow and outflow, and the quantity of buys at a certain period. So it's essentially using volume data and price data and activity data to give you a metric instead of you having to look at them as individual metrics. It's very, very cool stuff. And as a bit of a data and DeFi nerd, I, I really enjoy this stuff. Um, but it's, it's, it's really cool. They've also added funding rate overviews, which is good for the traders, enhanced filtering and sorting, and a bunch of UI upgrades. So if you don't want to use Kyber AI, there's a link in the description below. But the main point I'm trying to get across here is that DCAing, although it can be your principal strategy, there are tools in your tool belt that you can stack on top of this to get better entries and exits. And that's where you can start to get a slightly bigger edge as a trader and an investor. But the thing to note is that we are in an accumulation range. So your end goal, if you're looking to build a a successful portfolio for, let's say, 2025, which is when we typically see post-Bitcoin halving peaks happen. No, it's a common misconception that happened in halving years, which would be 2024. That's not true. The peaks tend to happen in 2015. Will the next cycle be exactly the same? I'm not sure, but we do have a couple data sets to look at in terms of previous cycles. And for crypto, because it hasn't been around for decades, that's the best information we've got. And 
I think it does go to answer the question, is this time different? The answer is no. This time is not different at all. So I'm not going to change my approach. I will be adaptive, though, because of the macro environment. That's why I believe that cash is still king. It's still important to have a large cash base. And I accept that Bitcoin has stronger catalysts, and especially what's happening in the world right now. Bitcoin does have more of a safe haven narrative behind it. For that reason, I'm definitely uh, prioritizing, like, you know, majors and Bitcoin accumulation, but I do have a plan for the altcoins as well. You just have to be prepared as an investor, if you're DCAing over the long term, that if you're taking the slow approach to accumulation, you're likely going to experience periods where your portfolio is drastically down, and that's okay. Your goal is to get the lowest weighted price possible, so you have to stay adaptive but you're never going to be able to time the market exactly. And sometimes your portfolio is going to be significantly down. If you have disposable income, of course, that helps because you can essentially just allocate a certain amount, except that you might be down during certain periods. And then in the good periods, well, then you end up reaping the rewards. I'd rather miss an opportunity or two now that exhaust liquidity too early and scramble when there's a clear play on the table. So another thing you need to note is sometimes it's better to take no trade than to try and force a trade. So there's no rush in this market. There's no rush to accumulate right now. We have time and missing opportunities is okay. There's always another opportunity in crypto. Capital preservation comes before making money. That's why that saying making money slowly and protecting money quickly, I think is really important in terms of just the mindset for approaching the market. And I've stuffed that up a lot in the past, especially in the bull run. I got way too greedy, just like a lot of you probably got too greedy and I screwed it up, but I won't screw it up again. And you have to learn these lessons and adapt as an investor. No one's perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm sure you've made a lot of mistakes, but that's okay. It's all an amazing learning experience. And even the most experienced market participants, um, you know, it took them decades of, of, of trial and error and, and failures along the way to succeed. I mean, think about these top hedge fund managers. They almost at some point went broke. I mean, even like Steve Jobs and Walt Disney and these big um, billionaire founders, at times they were broke and they were scrambling. So it's very normal to experience down periods in the markets and that only makes you better for the up periods as cliche as it may sound. And I think the next six months is really going to separate the sheep from goats when it comes to the markets. And you can choose to either succumb to the market or you can persevere and reap the rewards on the other side. That's your choice, but I'm planning on on persevering and hopefully you'll come along on this journey with me. If you do want to trade any cryptocurrency and, and you want to do it in a decentralized fashion, so having custody over your own assets, one place that I really enjoy trading is on G-Trade. So it's powered by Gains Network. It's essentially a perpetual DEX that allows you to trade perps, so 2x to 150x leverage on any tokens of your choosing. This obviously doesn't apply to the ones that want to accumulate spot. Uh, but if you do take any sort of leverage trade, either to hedge against spot positions, which is a more advanced strategy, but as you get more experience in the market, you'll uh, learn how important this is. I'll give you an example of why it's important. If you're in a naked long, so some a position with, with no hedging, if you want to protect yourself against that trade going badly, let's say you're you're in a Bitcoin long, but in case the trade goes goes badly, what you could do is you could hedge short on an altcoin that's looking particularly weak versus Bitcoin. So if the market downturns, that gives you a bit of protection and you can kind of hedge against your naked position. There's many advanced strategies you can use on something like G-Trade. So I don't want people to get 
the idea that leverage trading is just like this tool to take insane amounts of risks. No, it's actually a great way to hedge. And the most established players in the market, they will use leverage as a form of hedging. But just make sure you're experienced and you're not doing it as a complete gamble or you're like a legitimate day trader. Because obviously for investors, the main purpose of leverage is to hedge or build a position over time as long as you have enough capital to keep topping up margin. If you're trying to build a long-term Bitcoin position, but you know you won't be able to cover then there's no point in using leverage, right? So you have to make sure you'll be able to cover. Um, so GNS is the place. They've added a bunch of new trading pairs recently. You can see INJ, Lido, GMX, DYDX, um, TWT, Rune, lots of, of new coins have launched there over the last couple of weeks. And they also announced their new tokenomics plan, which is, I think, significantly increased the value prop to the GNS token. So if you're interested in the perp dex space, as an investment space, obviously not financial advice, um, but if you're interested in this, it might pertain to you. They decided to redirect their dev fund revenue to GNS stake as 100% of it. They also decided to increase GNS's revenue capture share from 33 to 60%, which is a major change. And they also made a bunch of other changes to their NFT features and bots as well, basically resulting in this, the graphic in front of you, being the outcome for where fees get directed on the platform. So you can see on limit orders, 57% goes to GNS stakers, 5% to oracles, some to die stakers, and some to the governance fund. So they've basically redirected a lot of the fees to the stakers to give more of a value prop to the token, which means the APR even right now in this market is around 8% per annum for GNS stakers. But obviously in a good market, when they're doing more revenue, stakers get a lot more, and then that's when the token theoretically would reprice to the upside. But you know you have to make a decision whether you like the platform and the token, not shilling the token, but just thought it was an interesting um, observation for you guys, the ones that are interested in the market and the Perpdex space, because that's a vertical that I'm interested in as well. And yeah, thanks obviously to Gains Network for sponsoring and partnering with us. They've been an amazing uh, partner and I'm looking forward to continuing to use G-Trade in the future. So that was today's video. A little bit more of a step back from the typical short-term content, a bit of insight into what my plan is, my thoughts on the market. If you enjoy this style of content, let me know in the comments below. If you want to sign up for early access to Kaiba AI, there's a link in the description as well as G-Trade. And I hope you have a lovely day. We will continue persevering and we're going to absolutely smash it. Stay on board the ride. And I'm sure there's going to be many opportunities over the next few months. But now is the time to plan and get your plan together if you haven't already. I'll see you later. Peace out.